Hey guys, welcome back to another episode of Plead the Fifth. I'm here with my girl Shay, and today we have a very special guest who's going to introduce the warning signs of a narcissistic person. I'll go ahead and let him introduce yourself. Uh, yeah, my name again, it's, it's Brock. Um, I have extensive experience um, dealing with narcissists. Um, I'm actually kind of going through some some baby mama drama right now because my my kids' mom actually happens to be a, a, a covert narcissist. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, I just wanted to come on here and, and, and talk to people. You know, I'm not a therapist or anything like that. But, you know, I, I have done actually hours and hours of research into this. And once you start to do the research and pick up on the signs of a narcissist, it can actually prepare you to steer away from those kinds of people because they aren't good people. They ain't people that you want to have in your life. Um, just kind of to start with, you know, what is a narcissist? Um, you know, a, a narcissist is a person that um, lacks object consistency. And so what's what basically what that means is they don't know how to feel. They don't know how to feel love for them, any kind of a relationship. It's it's a, a tool or an advantage to them. They don't they don't look at relationships the same way that empathetic people look at relationships. And so <clears throat> kind of one of the things that you'll start to notice, um, and, and I will say, statistically speaking, um, women are more likely to encounter a narcissist than men are. Typically speaking, men do tend to be more narcissistic, but women also can be too. Um, and, and in my experience, um, what I went through is they, they go through stages and, and this, these stages that I'm going to discuss, um, are consistent with every narcissist and and they're, they're proven stages. They, they are proven to happen over and over again. And narcissists actually tend to repeat these same stages in all of their relationships. Um, and, and that's just kind of part of what goes with the, uh, the disorder. Um, so what they'll first start out doing, um, it's called love bombing is, is the term for it. It's the first stage. So when a narcissist sets their eyes on you and, and decides that they want to try to wrap you up in their, we, in their, their web of deceit, um, <clears throat> they, they do what's called love bombing. And what that, what that is, is they will overly, express their love to you, their gratitude towards you, how, how important you are to them. But what they also will do, <clears throat> and this is the thing that, that catches a lot of people up, is they will mirror you, right? So what they will do is they'll look at you and they'll look at like the traits that you have, and they will try to mirror those traits. And so by doing that, you think, especially for like a guy, so when a woman does it to a guy, when a, a narcissistic woman tries to wrap a guy up, a guy gets caught thinking like dang like yo this chick is like me she's she's got the same type of she thinks the same way that I think and and that's how they sucker you in that's how they get you and and even for women too you know whenever a woman comes across a narcissistic dude that dude will try to portray themselves or put them it's a mask that they wear to try to get that person to to fall into it and so they call that the love bombing stage they do it every narcissist does this and what happens is you end up falling in love with somebody that doesn't even exist the person the person that that you think you know that's just a mask that's a facade that's something that they just put on so that they could trap you into their into their deceit and so the love bombing stage goes on and it varies you know sometimes the love bombing stage can last for two months 
two years. You know, it, it depends on how <laughs> how long the narcissist wants to go before they want to hit what they call the devalue stage, right? And so that's always the second stage is the devalue stage. And what happens with the devalue stage is they use what's called positive and negative, intermittent positive and negative reinforcement. So what they'll do is they'll, you know, something positive and then they'll do something negative, like they may cheat on you, right? And they'll see if they can get away with it, right? They'll lie to you, they'll lie to your face. You start to get paranoid and you're like, dang, what, what's up with this? And then you call them on it, right? You got the proof, you call them on it. They're like, they'll lie right to your face. Even like looking right at the proof, they'll be like, no, that wasn't me. I didn't do that. And so what happens is then you'll be like, okay, well, you know, this is my soulmate. That love bombing stage was so, was so perfect. You know, I still think this is the person for me. And then, so you let it slide, right? And then, so they'll give you, okay, they'll say, okay, they, they, they let me slide on this one. And then they'll give you that positive reinforcement again. And what this does, this positive, this positive and negative reinforcement back and forth, it, it releases endorphins in mm. your head, like ox, you know, oxytocin, uh, serotonin, it releases chemicals in your head that you associate with this person with this, like the pleasure that they provide to you. And so what happens is, is when you do this back and forth, you become what's called trauma bonded, right? And so what trauma bonded is, is like, you'll be like, dang, this person is just repeatedly cheating on me. They're walking all over me, but I can't, I can't be without them. And it's like, I like to describe it as it's like a crack fiend trying to give up crack. <laughs> I mean, that's, that's literally what it is. You are literally addicted to this person. They have created these feelings inside of you that you don't want to be without. And so, and they'll do it going back and forth. They'll be like, okay, they let me get away with this you know, okay, positive reinforcement, positive reinforcement. Now I'm going to push the envelope. I'm going to see if I get a little bit further with them. And so they'll keep pushing those boundaries with you and they'll put you into situations and scenarios where you, where normal, like a normal person wouldn't ever want to be in, right? You would think you would step back and if you see other people and like, that's why you got to be careful when you like talk about this with the people, because sometimes people are in this situation and they, and it's like, they got, it's hard for somebody to take a step back and look at it and be like, yo, this is happening to me right now. And when I see, I've seen it so many times. And, and like I said, I even personally went through it. Like with my kids' mom, she pushed so many boundaries that I never would have let another woman in my life ever do. Mm -hmm. But it was because you, you become addicted to them. And so what happens is after this devalue stage, right? So they keep pushing your boundaries. They keep pushing your boundaries. Then, right, they start to resent you. And the reason being, and, and this is why is during the love bombing phase, they will mirror certain qualities and certain attributes about you that they like, things that, that they could never really be capable of, right? So if you're an empathetic person, you're a caring person, you care about other people, they, they'll try to mirror that back to you and you'll be like, dang, okay, this is, all right, we on the same level, this is the same type of person. Well, when you go through this devalue stage with them and they push all these boundaries, they start to resent you. And they're like, man, this, this dude just lets me walk all over him, you know, or this chick lets me do whatever to her. I, I got this chick forever. I could do whatever. Well, then as they keep doing that and they keep doing that, they even in their minds, they're like, dang, this person ain't actually worth shit. They actually ain't worth what, what they, what, what I thought that they was. Right. And so 
after the devalue stage, the final stage that always comes is they call it the discard, right? So they'll just up and they'll up and be gone one day, right? No, no word, no nothing. This is actually, I, I'll tell you a little something personal about me. My kids' mom, when we was going through this, we actually, we had, we had a little bit of a fight over some stuff that she had done and had been going on. And I was like, yo, like you, you the mother of my kids, let's, let's work on this. Let's try to do this. Right. Right. She said, sure. She looked me right in the eye. Sure. I love you. Let's, let's be a family together for these kids. Let's do this right for these kids. I went to work that night. I start getting these text messages from her and she's like, I told you, I told you whoop de whoop. And I'm like, man, what the hell's going on? I come home on lunch, right? We had a house together. The house is empty. My two babies gone. No, no explanation. No, nothing. Till to this day, I have yet to get an explanation from her why she did that, right? And so what they what they have is um oh what's what's the term I there's a term I'm gonna come up with for a second, but they got these people around them that they'll they'll be in their ear right? You could be the most empathetic, the most caring person for this person. And they'll turn right around to their, to their friends and their family and be like, oh man, that motherfucker did this, or they did that. They'll paint themselves as the victim, right? Because, you know, if they, if, if any sane person, like in, 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 you know, in my situation, right? Like with my baby mama, if she went and told any sane person, yo, I dipped out on this dude in the middle of the night, took the kids and everything, gave him no explanation and was gone and was out. Like it meant nothing. They'd be like, bitch, you are crazy. But, crazy. But, <laughs> but but they don't, but they don't want, they have to, they have to keep that facade up, right? And so with that trauma bond, if it it breaks your it breaks your mind because you're like, yo, you start thinking, is it is it something like what's wrong with me? You know, and you go through this whole this whole like scenarios trying to figure out in your head what it is you'll try to hit them up like, yo, give me some type of closure. They don't, and see, here's the thing. Narcissists, they don't ever like to give closure. And the reason why they don't like to give closure, like they'll discard, boom, be gone. They won't say nothing, but they don't want to give closure because you are a supply to them. You feed their narcissistic energy. So any type of person that they ever have in their web, they never want to give them closure so that later down the road, if they're ever short on supply, you know, they think they meet somebody, they're in a short relationship, they dip out, they still have you that they can go right back to and, and get and get and get supply from. And so that's the main thing with narcissists is they always like to keep a steady stream of supply. That's what they call it, narcissistic su supply. And, and that supply can be positive or negative. And that's one of the things that I had to learn real quick because with my kids mom she she knew what buttons to push to make me trip and I'd be blowing up her phone and that in my mind now I'm realizing she was doing that because I that that was a even negative supply is still a supply for a narcissist mm -hmm. and, it, and and in her mind she's like oh I still got this dude he still cares like I can I could get him tripping and, and he still cares about me he still cares about this and and, and one of the things that I'll never forget she told me we got into a real bad fight and, and this was like a year after we had split up and she looked me dead in the eyes and she said, you know what? She said, if I wanted you, I could have you. Mm -hmm. And that's when I was like, damn. And, and then, so, <laughs> so I was like, all right, cool. 
So I started doing all this research because at first I thought it was like, I thought it was me. I thought I was the one that was fucked up. Right. And then, so I start doing all this research and, you know, I start learning about narcissism and it starts coming up and, and I start seeing things like the, um, the gaslighting, the um, intermittent positive and negative reinforcement, the, the pathological lying, the, um, the, the, the using of people to build up status, never really being capable of having any kind of feelings for anybody. Any, it, it, all they see people as objects to attain a goal. It's never you know somebody to share a life with or have a relationship with. And so one of the things that I had to come to terms with personally for myself was because one of the things I, I always just wanted her to explain to me why I always wanted that closure. And after going through all this research and spending all this time digging into this, I realized I ain't never going to get that closure because the person that I want that closure from ain't even a real person. And that's what that's what screws guys up the most is they fall in love with this chick and they think, man, this, this chick is the shit. And it's like, boom, all of a sudden it, you realize that mask comes off and you realize that wasn't even a real person to begin with. And so, you know, after the discard stage happens, you go through it, it's, it's rough, it sucks. What narcissists will tend to do is instead of giving you closure, they, when they feel like they're short on supply, they will start to do what, what they call hoovering. And so what hoovering is, is they will start to like, look at your social media. They'll start to, they'll, they'll check up on you. You know, they'll give you that text message after the discard, you know, it may be three, four months down the road and it'll be like, Hey, what's up? You know, I'm missing you. What are you up to? And, and it, it's called hoovering. And all narcissists do this. And that was one of the things that I actually realized when, when you go through the love bombing stage, they will try to single you. They'll, they will cut you off from your support groups, right? So your family, your friends, they'll try to single you and, and ostracize you from those groups. And so like one of the things was like with, with my narcissistic ex, she was like, oh, I don't want you to have a Facebook. And I said, okay, you know, all right, cool. So I didn't have a Facebook. We had been together for a few years. She, she, I, she couldn't find her phone or something. She's like, hey, help me find my phone. Well, I find it and I see all these Facebook notifications across the top of it. And I'm like, damn, girl, like, what the hell? I thought you said we weren't having a Facebook. You told me you didn't want to do this. So I look and it's, it is, it is all, all of her exes that's, <clears throat> that she's just checking up on, on Facebook, you know, and she tells me, oh, it's, it's nothing. I've just, you know, I just want to see how shitty they're doing. And it's always, they always will pit you against an ex as being a better person but be like, oh, no, I, I just wanted to see how, how horrible they're doing without me, how bad everything is and everything. And I'm like, why, why would you even care about that? If it, if, you, you know, if it didn't really matter, why would you even care about that? Why would you even be looking? But it's because she's hoovering. She's waiting to see, okay, if somebody else has a come up, somebody else does better. She feels like somebody's doing better in their situation that she could come up on. Boom, she'll discard, boom, cut back on topic here, hoovering. 
all narcissists do it. Um, it's it's one of the ways that they will keep you in, in their web of deceit. Uh, narcissists always like to have supply on hand anytime, anytime they need it. Um, and so it's <clears throat> in my own personal experience, because I, I was with my kids mom for like almost 10 years. I dealt with this. I've seen it firsthand you know the 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 signs of it the the um the tales of it you know the pathological lying the gaslighting all that stuff it all plays into uh the narcissistic personality disorder and and that's one of the things that i've i have come to realize in studying this is it is a disorder it, it is there is mentally something wrong with these people that causes them to do this because no sane empathetic person would would do what narcissists do to people and what's crazy is until you encounter a narcissist it's it's mind-blowing to even think that people like that even really exist and and for me that was the thing that really caught me off guard was i was like man i didn't even know this this was even a thing. I didn't even know that people like this even existed. And, and so, yeah, I spent a lot of time studying it, um, researching it, um, applying it to my own personal situations and my own personal experiences. And, you know, I've come far enough along with it that, you know, I'll preach to it, especially if people going through relationship troubles and they have issues and I pick up on, on the keys that they, that they say certain things that trigger in my head. I'm like, man, you, you're dealing with the narcissist. And so, you know, anytime, you know, I got, you know, homeboys that are single and shit, they deal with, you know, cause there's a difference between just a, a girl being crazy and an actual, <laughs> and an actual narcissist, you know, and especially the, so the, go ahead. What's the difference? The main difference is like you get, get get girls that they care too much, right? And so they'll be tripping just because they care too much. They're paranoid. They've had other past traumas happen to them. They've had things that that they will have preconceived notions going into a relationship, childhood trauma, parental interactions that they've had as a kid that either failed or were negative. Um social interactions with like bullying and things like that all of that stuff a lot of times if if a girl's just tripping because she's tripping that can all be explained or if they're just pissed but when they when it's calculated when it's you know when when they're going in where where they don't even have a feeling for you you're just an object to them you're just a stepping stone to that next thing they when they can emotionally cut themselves off from the relationship and be so cold like that that's that's a whole nother level that's that's a different thing you ready for some questions yeah yeah um okay so when you said that um with the discard you know they just leave right so um because one of the reasons the or do does a narcissist narcissistic person accept blame no never a narcissistic person will never accept blame. So no blame, no accountability, right? No accountability, no blame, no nothing. And and when it happens, they'll they'll triangulate with other people, and and they'll paint you as the aggressor. They'll paint you as the reason why they will have literally no accountability. You know, and especially and my and my instance. I actually happen to be pretty good friends with my kids' mom's dad. 
And I talked to him about three or four months after the discard. And, you know, he told me, he was like, oh, but see, he knows, he knows, he knows her and he knows how she is. So he was like, man, you know, I'm really sorry that that happened. You know, she's out here, you know, and, and one of the things that really fucked me up about it too, cause like, I mean, it hurt when I came home, see my house empty, kids gone, everything. He was like, man, she's out here laughing about it. She's telling other people and it's, she thinks it's funny. And I'm like, yo, like, I really like, cause then it gets in my head. I'm like, man, am I really that fucked up of a person that I would warrant something like that to have done to me? But that's what they, that's what they do. They cannot accept any blame, accountability, nothing. So when they, when they're out there talking to their friends, you're the bad guy, you're the person when, when, I mean, literally the night she left, she was at another dude's house. I mean, right. just like that, drop the kids off, boom, at another dude's house. And, and it's, and you, and you know, and I already know because I actually was on the reverse side of that where she boom, discarded somebody the next night she's kicking it with me. And she's like, oh, fuck that dude. That dude's, a, you know, he's a piece of shit, blah, 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 blah. And just talking shit. And so I'm like, boom, she does it to the next guy. And then she, it, it's a pattern. It repeats over and over and over again. It's it's crazy. And, and I mean, if you think about it, humans by nature, you know, we, we are creatures of habit. And so narcissists, they fall within their patterns that they're fucked up disorder makes them do. <laughs> okay, so who, well, what type of um, person or what type of like character attracts a narcissist? Like, because I feel like, I, I feel like half of my exes would fall into that category. <laughs> so what type of person am I <laughs> that I attract these type of people? Like, what do they look like? You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, no. And it's, 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 it's actually real easy to explain um empathetic people people that care those are the easiest targets for narcissists because they can they try to mirror that and that's one of the things like during that love bombing stage when when they're putting that mask on and they're trying to mirror your personality and your traits deep down narcissists hate themselves they really do mm -hmm. and that's why they put that mask on and that's why they put that facade up is because they hate the actual person that they are and so they get, a, they are attracted to people that have the qualities that they want to have. And so, you know, empathetic people, caring people, stable people, narcissists are not stable. That's one of the, that's one of the first things I realized when dealing with it. Narcissists are not stable people. And so they, they seek that out in their partners because they can mirror that they can have those traits. And that's why whenever they start that devaluing stage and they start to devalue you, that's where they start to grow that resentment because they're like, dang, this person is caring. They do have these traits and I don't have it. And, and, and then they start to, they just start to resent you. And that's when they start, you know, stepping out, talking shit to you, lying, gaslighting, making you think you're crazy. And, and, and that's, and it's just, it's a pattern. It, it repeats over. <laughs> okay. So like, you, you know, the first, the first stage or whatever was the love bombing, right? Yeah. But like what's another easy way or like how can I identify like say a man comes to me right and we talk for a while or whatever like what would be something that be that would a sign like an early sign besides yep. love bombing like yep so what what I 
have always educated or preached on is in for yourself you have to set boundaries and narcissistic people will be quick to try to get past those boundaries right so if it's like you you know you're sitting there talking to them whoop de whoop and they're like hey let's go date you know and, and by the third date they're telling you that they love you and that you're their soulmate that's that's number one sign right there if, if they try to rush right past all of your boundaries that's that's the biggest sign of a narcissist and that's the easiest way to identify it and so what I always tell you know especially all my homegirls set set definitive boundaries for yourself don't let nobody cross those boundaries get what makes you feel comfortable right so if you if you end up on like a a, a second interaction third interaction with the dude he's already telling you that you're his soulmate and that he loves you nope cut that out gone that's that's a narcissist that's somebody praying <laughs> that's somebody trying to pray on somebody right there okay so how would you um i mean besides like leaving like they you know, I feel like the love of my life is a narcissist, right? But, yeah, but, but like, but it's, it, but it's meant to be, right? So, like, is there a way to like cope with it, or can um, can they change, or or, yeah. or like, how can I like, if I were in a situation, how would I get past it? Yeah. So that's actually a common question that I actually get asked by people. Um, narcissists can't change and that's something that as an empathetic person you want to believe that anybody could change that anybody would be capable of overcoming something narcissists can't change that's something that you as a individual that deals with a narcissist you have to understand because what will happen is if you believe that they can change that's how you get caught back in that that trauma bonded stage. That's how you get caught up with their hoovering, you know, because let's say they discard you and you're 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 two two months down the road and and you're hurting and you're like, damn, like what the hell? And they come back and they're like, oh, you know, I'm sorry, I'm changed. I've realized you were the one for me. Because they care about me. They they care about that supply they get from you that's what they care about they care about that supply they they lack object constancy that's the main definition with the narcissist they lack the emotion what you perceive as caring is nothing more than just a facade to gain supply from you whether it be financial supply emotional supply you know, even even if you blowing up their phone, tripping on them, wondering where the hell they're at, and and they sit with their homeboys and they're like, man, look look at this girl, you know, and they could be like, man, that girl tripping for no reason, you know what I'm saying? That's what, that's that's supply, even negative supply. Any kind of interaction with the narcissist is a supply. The best way to deal with the narcissist, and and in, and in my situation, it's it's kind of hard, but it's no contact. Don't even interact with them. Any kind of interaction with them will be perceived as some kind of a supply for them. And, and that was one of the things, and trust me, because I'm, I'm a very empathetic person. You know, I wear my heart on my sleeve. I care about people. And, and, and my, my kids, she took, she took hella advantage of that. She walked all over me, treated me like shit. And I always would think, I always thought in my head, like, 
yo, like this chick had overcome this. She can be better than this. This is the mother of my kids. She, she can become a better person. And, and as an empathetic person, as a caring person, that's what we want to believe. Don't, don't get caught in that. Narcissists are a different, a whole different thing. It's, it's literally a personality disorder that they have. And it's, it's nothing that they can change. No, no, no different than we can change the color of our skin. Can a narcissist change how they act and the patterns that they go through? Okay. So everybody is for somebody, <laughs> right? There's somebody for everybody. So what type of person does it take to, to live with a narcissistic person? Like, like how, how strong do I need to be? You know what I'm saying? Like, what type of person would I need to be to live with a narcissistic person? You would have to be one that would allow your personal boundaries to be trampled over. Uh, you would have to be a person that would allow this person to do whatever the hell they wanted to do, get whatever they wanted from you, and be able to do whatever they want to do on their end. And you would have to expect this person to not always be there, only be there when they want something. You know, if if you can, if you can be okay with that then that's the type of person that that you can be with but all I could say is that in my own personal experience the best the best method in dealing with a narcissist is no contact and now in my situation I <laughs> in in my situation I unfortunately, I have, I have children with my narcissistic ex. So there has to be some kind of an interaction there, right? And they have this method. It's called gray rock, all right? You're, you're literally a boring gray rock they try to elicit some kind of an emotional reaction out of you. You just hit them with K, leave it at that. You know, they, they, they try to talk to you about your day. Don't, don't respond to it. Don't, don't feed them that information. Only give them the facts and without any kind of emotion. That's the only way. And, and don't get me wrong. This is something I'm still learning myself. Mona knows I, I have had my own personal battles with this and with my ex, and I, I am still learning how to be able to respond to her and, and leaving the emotional connection out of it. And, and it's hard. It, it is a really hard thing to do. I'm not going to sit here and say that it is easy. And especially when you're trauma bonded with somebody, it, it's hard to want to, to want to break it off with them or it's especially you know when you really care about this person and you're empathetic and, and they're your life it's really hard to 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 look in the mirror and and see and realize that the person that you really even care about ain't even a real person and that's what like that's what screwed me up the most is it's like man you know how could somebody how could somebody be so evil that they would want to put somebody through this and do this to somebody. How, how, how could somebody even have the emotional capacity to be able to do something like this? And it's something that it hurts, you know, especially when you're trauma bonded. And, you know, I, I compare it to like coming off of heroin or something like that. If you've been a junkie all your life and you're trying to be sober, it, it's painful. You have the physical withdrawals. It physically hurts 
to not have this person and not be with them. I know that personally, I know how that feels like. And it, it is literally like coming off of a drug and trying to sober up. It takes time. You know, it takes it takes reaching out to other people who have actually been through this and who have dealt with narcissistic people because not everybody has or the people that have dealt with nar narcissistic people haven't even realized that they did or another one another thing that always catches me, which is something that kind of threw me off. Some people are just better at setting personal boundaries than other people, <laughs> so they don't ever have to deal with narcissists and so I mean it's it's rough it hurts it's painful you know it took me years you know even even i'm i'm with my fiance now she's she's stood by my side through all this happening and and, and even through all that it hurt it hurt the whole time and so yeah i i guess it just it takes some navigation to <laughs> to get the hang of it and 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 know how to handle it so I was researching there's different type of narcissists. Can you break down um, like each narcissist? Yes. So so there is the the covert <clears throat> there's the covert narcissist which and in my opinion the covert narcissist is the worst one. Um so like they will usually run a relationship out for years you know i've i've read stories of of you know people in their 60s you know they had spent 40 years with somebody that was a covert narcissist and then realizing you know 40 years down the road like dang you know because it, it it cracks me up like once you read about it and you see it and you start to recognize it and you see the patterns in your own life you're like damn i have been dealing with this for a while covert narcissists are the worst they hide it well. They they mirror people well. Covert narcissists. They um they're really good at reading people. They're really good at, at reading how people react to certain things. Those are the worst ones because um, it's they're they're more insidious and the pain hurts a lot more when when you break it off with a covert or nar narcissist. Then you also have like the flip side of that. And, and so they call it like a, a malignant narcissist, right? And so a malignant narcissist, usually you're gonna see them, they, they're people that tend to be single, you know, they, they never hold a relationship for very long. They don't hide the fact that they're a narcissist. It's, they're selfish, it's, it's all about them. They don't care about you. Even if they get into a relationship with you, they won't act, they won't even act like they care about you. They're just, they are who they are and they're, they're, they're cool with it. And, and so like malignant and overt, those are both about the same type, you know, malignant is a little bit more in your face. Overt is just, Hey, I recognize who I am. And, and what's crazy is, is I have had conversations with people who know that they're narcissists, right? They identify that they're narcissists. They know that they go through these love bombing stages. They know that they try to push people's personal boundaries and try to get them wrapped up. And, you know, even when you ask them them same questions, like, how do you deal with a narcissist? They'll be the first ones to tell you, don't. <laughs> it ain't worth it. <laughs> you know, it, it is, it's, and it's crazy, but you know, I, I can, I give props to those people that 
you know, can identify the fact that they are a narcissist and they know that they are and that they can preach to it from like a narcissist point of view and answer questions from a narcissist point of view. But realistically, um, you know, deep down, narcissists are really broken people. They're, they, they are broken. They, they hate themselves. They have a lot of negative feelings towards themselves. And so they will usually tend to project that on you whenever you're going through the devaluing stage. And so that's why for the narcissist, when they first meet somebody that they always have that mask up, they always have a mask on because they don't like who they are as a person. So they won't ever be themselves. If they were to actually show who they were up front, ain't nobody would want to mess with them. And mm -hmm. so that's why um, those are the two, the two main types of, of narcissists is the ones that hide it. They can hide it for years. And, and, and like I said, this, that's what I went through with my kids' mom, her and I were together for almost 10 years. We had two kids together and it, and it wasn't until I, I mean, we've been split for probably four years now. And it wasn't until about a year ago that I realized that I had been dealing with a narcissist my whole, this whole time. Hmm. And so it's really eye-opening when you do start to um when you start to actually uh do research on it i read this book it's a it's a it's a good book to read and it's called dealing with the narcissist the cost of love <laughs> okay. so how so okay so you talked about how to deal with them is to not <laughs> yeah yeah so no contact you, is the only way yeah so how do you heal from being in a narcissistic relationship like how do you overcome that so that you don't go through it again so <clears throat> for me um some of the things that I had to do and like I said I, I it took it took years like it it ain't something that mm -hmm. you know you're just going to be able to just do overnight and it's it's a hard process it hurts like I said, it's like, it's like a junkie coming off of heroin or something like that. You know, it's physically painful. You're going to go through physical withdrawals. You know, you're going to have those urges to want to reach out to that person. You know, you're going to want to look at their Facebook. You're going to want to see what they're doing on Snapchat. You're going to want to be looking. You're going to be wanting to stop their, their social media. You're going to be wanting to look at their Instagram. Don't block all that out of sight, out of mind. The longer, the longer you can put time between the discard and not seeing any of that stuff, it, the easier it becomes every day. But one thing I will say, when, when you get hurt by a narcissist, especially somebody who you thought you were going to share a life with, you'll never be the same. You'll never look at people the same way again. You'll always have an eye out for it. Even, even in like your workplace or, you know, when you're out with your friends, you'll start to notice it everywhere. You'll never be the same person again. And that you'll carry that mark all the time, but with time, it just, it, it gets easier to carry. And, and that's something it, it, it took me years. It hurt. I went through a lot of a lot of stupid shit. I did a lot of dumb shit. I lashed out emotionally and, and, and they, they do that because they want to elicit that supply and that reaction out of you. So step one to doing it, block them on everything, block all their social media, block all their emails, 
block everything. Don't even look at it and focus on yourself, you know, focus on your positive traits, the things that make you, you and, and, and deciding how you can build a life without having that, that trauma bonded codependency on somebody else. So a lot of women are going to be listening to this. So they're listening <laughs> and they're probably picking up traits and signs to point out a narcissist. How can they decipher what a narcissist is versus a good man? A good man will, you'll, you'll notice consistency, you know, a good man will be able to accept his faults. You know, that's one thing, a narcissistic man, he'll lie to you. He'll never, he'll, there's no accountability. A good person, they're accountable for their actions. If they screw up, they'll tell you they screwed up. They ain't going to try to lie to your face. That's, that's, that's the key thing right there. They ain't going to lie to you. They're going to tell you straight up and they're going to respect your boundaries, you know, if, if you have, if, if a good man has his own personal boundaries, like I've been able to create my, some of my own personal boundaries with some of this stuff and, and how I interact with my narcissistic ex, when you can set those boundaries and respect other people's boundaries, not trying to rush into things, taking the time to actually get to know somebody for real before the next thing you know, you're shacking up and y'all are moving in together. And then the next thing you know, eight months down the road, she's pregnant and you're like, damn, I got to do this now. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So it's, it's, um, you know, for the women out there, all I could say is have, have good respectful boundaries and look for other people that will respect your boundaries and not be a dick to you, not lie to you, not, not brother. Everybody lies. So what, so we're just looking for a pattern, right? Like, there's no person that's just a hundred percent truthful, a hundred percent of the time. So it would just be a pattern of lying or lying for what, like no reason. So let's say, let's say you, you're a chick, you out at the bar, you're out wherever, right? Let's say you at the park with your kids, right? And, and you come across a dude, you know, y'all start talking you're like, hey, you know, let's exchange numbers. Y'all start talking, you know, hitting each other up on Snapchat. And he's like, and you're like, hey, let's go out to eat. And here's the test. You could be like, okay, no, I'm kicking it with the homies. Or he could say, hey, I really liked communicating with you, but I'm actually already seeing somebody. We can be friends. You know what I'm saying? There's little things that you can look at that you could test on on when somebody's gonna lie to you. And 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 the big thing is is okay. Let's say for example, you're right. Somebody lies to you. You catch them lying. Do they continue lying to you about the lie, or do they say, "Hey, you know what? You're right. I fucked up. I lied to you. I I wasn't I wasn't truthful about it." So One of the things the person would continue to lie. Continue to lie. Here's a perfect example, and I use this example because this is actually something it 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 hurt my head trying to wrap my mind around. Let's say, for example, my ex and I, we were together. There's a glass of milk sitting on the table. Okay, a, a glass of milk, the most nonchalant thing, right? And she gets up from the table and she knocks the glass of milk off the table. I visually see her, she visually sees me see her knock the glass of milk off the table. And I say, why did you knock that glass of milk off the table? I didn't knock the glass of milk off the table. I watched you 
I didn't do that. I, I didn't knock the glass off the table. You're crazy. You are crazy for thinking that I knocked the glass off the table. Now, that happens once or twice. Okay. But as it becomes a pattern, that's called gaslighting. They make you question your own senses and your own reality and make you think that what you are seeing or their actions that they are doing are incorrect in what's going on in your mind. And that's one thing that I do like to remind people, especially women, trust your gut. Your gut, your gut will not lie to you. If you see this, if you see this, if you see somebody acting like this, you see them being just a straight pathological liar, it ain't even worth it. Don't waste your time. Turn around, go the other way. <laughs> all right, I think that's all my questions. Um, it's really not. I got a whole lot more. But, you know. you like I said I this is this is a this is a subject I have spent a lot of time researching um it took me as a man it took it took a lot to look at the weaknesses in myself and and face some of my shortcomings and and realize some of the things that allowed me to be played like this by somebody and Mm -hmm. so when you can when you can look at that and really look in the mirror, you you do start to grow as a person. And 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 you know, if you've ever been in a situation where you have been trauma bonded with a narcissist and you start doing the research and you start looking in yourself and kind of closing up some of them boundaries and some of those gaps, it, it becomes easier. You will heal. It'll it'll become better for you. And you'll you'll come out a better person on the other end too. Um, you kind of touched on it a little bit. Can you talk a little bit more about the narcissist, um, like their weaknesses? What is the narcissistic weakness? Yeah, so like I say, you know, they're going to look for um, an empathetic person, somebody that they can, you know, um, easily prey upon, easily be able to get things out of. Um, like I said, narcissists are really good at reading people kind of scarily good at reading people. And so usually they can kind of pick their people out. Um, one of the things that I've noticed um, in doing this research is um, a lot of victims of narcissistic abuse um, all tend to have the same type of personality types. Um, and, and again, like I said, that's that personality type. Um, usually intelligent, usually um, articulate, caring, you know, um, like I said, me, I wear my heart on my sleeve, you know, so, so when I had this, this, this pretty girl come to me and start acting like me, start having the same interests that I had, you know, and, and saw that I wore my heart on my sleeve, you know, day two, she's telling me she loves me. And I'm like, girl, I love you too. Like, shit. <laughs> <laughs> wait, wait, what are you talking about now? Cause now it's like, you. So what is it? So, oh, so I was, I was discussing. Um, some of the things that like narcissists try to look for and and how they choose their how they choose their targets and as I was telling Mona you know it's when it comes to um, the um, the um, the victims of narcissistic abuse all tend to have the same personality types Um, and like I said that's the you know they usually tend to be stable intelligent 
articulate, you know, caring, empathetic, care for other people, you know, care about other people's well-being. Um, and I know for like me personally, like I was telling her, you know, I wore my heart on my sleeve. Mm -hmm. And so when I had a, you know, a beautiful girl coming over to me talking about like, you know, emulating me, you know, because it's people always like people that are like them. Right. And so yeah. when I had this, you know, have this girl come to me and she's like, hey, you know. I, you know, I like the same things you like, like we're, we're kicking it, you know, I, I knew she had just got out of a relationship with some other dude. And two days after that, she's telling me she loves me. And I'm like, dang, girl, I love you too. Like, and then, and then boom, you know, I'm, and then here I am, you know, 12 years later with two kids and, you know. Okay. Uh, so I have a, okay. So, you know, cause you can get on Google and you can find anything, right? Yeah. So I was looking at the, the 10 traits that, or 10 types of women who attract a narcissist, right? And I'm like eight of those 10. Mm -hmm. But if I change them, then I change who I am. You don't have to change them. Recognize them. Recognize those Recognize those shortcomings and, and put a boundary. How is it a shortcoming? Like being a nice, being an empathetic <laughs> person, that's not a shortcoming. You're right. It, being it, a strong woman isn't a shortcoming. It, it, you're right. It, it is not a shortcoming. But when you can realize like, yes, I am a caring person. Yes, I'm a beautiful, strong woman. Don't allow men to come up to you and play that to you, right? <laughs> Don't let them come up to you and be like, dang, Ma, you, you're, you know, you're a beautiful, strong woman. You care a lot. Like, yo, you, I love you, you know, and they're starting to say all this stuff third, fourth day, you know, and you thinking he's fine as hell. And it's like, dang, all right, well, I love you too. You, you're stuck. Don't. So what, what I, when I say a shortcoming, I just say like, realize that that's something that somebody can use to prey upon you with and just set a boundary with it you know mm -hmm. take the time to really get to know somebody see them in other situations outside of just them trying to put on a show because y'all are dating you know go for a walk somewhere it, it ain't even got to like be like go to the park just be like hey let's go walk around the block and just talk and and sit there and 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 feel people out you know it's once once you do some research on it and and i will say for you, if you really want some some good research and, and a lot of the places where there are a lot of narcissistic abuse survivor groups that I am personally a part of, um, I go on Quora, uh, Q-U-O-R-A. It's a website that people will ask questions about. And there are a lot of narcissistic sur abuse survivor groups on there. And that's where I have actually gotten a lot of my information from. And a lot of the research that I've done is just by it going by what other people have experienced, you know, and as you read about it, as you research it, as you identify those patterns in your own life, it becomes easier. It really does. I will say though, at the beginning, it is hard. It is hard to look at some of that stuff and and you know emotionally realize that that somebody played you like that and you know that that was one of the things that that really that really messed with me you know and so Rob I sent you a link to your phone uh something I got on Pinterest that describes different types of women that narcissists go after if you can uh -huh. pull that up and we yep. want to talk about that to see if women who are listening to this Mm -hmm. If they describe or relate to those type of women. Yep. It's on your phone, bro. 
Yep. I'm I actually I have two monitors. I'm oh, I'm reading on my, <laughs> Yeah, I'm I'm reading out on my second monitor. Yeah, as as see and and that first one right there, a strong, powerful woman, that that is gonna be a big one. Um again, that relates back to when I was saying narcissists will look for people that have traits that they don't have narcissists hate themselves narcissists are weak-minded people you know especially men if 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 a man has those narcissistic tendencies and and they don't like themselves and they have a lot of their own pitfalls they'll seek out a strong woman because what happens is they they see it as like a bounty i guess i i don't know how how you'd really want to put a good word to it they see it as somebody that's like oh I was able to this this really strong person. I was able to to get them. You know, I was able to devalue them. I was able to to push the envelope with them, push their boundaries and stuff. Like I said, for narcissists, they don't they don't they don't feel they don't feel love. They don't feel caring. They have none of those abilities. They don't have any of those emotions. They mentally lack the capability of all of that. All they see it as is a step up, whatever they can do to elevate their status, whether it be their social status, their, their financial status, you know, that's, that's what they, that's how they look at relationships and how they use people. A good, strong woman for a weak-minded man, you're, you're going to be taking care of him. You're going to be paying his bills. He's going to be sleeping up on your couch. He's going to be eating your food. You're going to be taking care of somebody that really won't that can't match your energy that won't bring the same stuff to the table into the relationship that you bring and it's not that you know women have to try to find these dudes that that are going to be able to match them but you got to find somebody that at least has the ability to care you know that if they are if that if the end if at the end of the day came and you got hurt or you were sick or you ended up in the hospital they wouldn't be out trying to fuck your home girl. They'll be right there with you trying to take care of you. <laughs> right. That's true. Um, um, empaths, like I said, yep. Empaths is is always going to be somebody that they're going to uh to look for. Um that's that's one of the the main ones. That's that it cracks me up that that's number two on the list. Honestly, I feel like that should be number one. Um uh loyal loyal people that's another good thing now loyalty can't be a fault it, it's loyalty in and of itself is not a fault but it is possible to be loyal to a fault right mm -hmm. if, if if somebody doesn't reciprocate that same loyalty to you that you give them now loyalty is a fault right and so if and and especially that's where it comes down to in the the devaluing stage you know when they're pushing that envelope when they're you know talking to other women when they're um you know trying trying to to holler at chicks on the side when they're trying to do all this other stuff you know they they they're they're not being loyal to you and and you and yourself you're like dang you know i'm being loyal to this motherfucker i'm trying to you know do what's right i'm trying to be in this relationship <clears throat> if they can't match that you're being loyal to a fault at that point so do you yeah. think that falls in the category where girls be like i'm a writer but how are you a writer and this man devalues you to nothing yep 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 you'll always hear women say yo i was a writer die for this dude and really when i hear that it's i i let this dude 
kind of walk all over me and do whatever he wanted until the end, you know, and, and, and you could be right or die for somebody, but it's like, kid, is that person matching? You know what I'm saying? Like with, with my current relationship, you know, my, my fiance, she's right or die for me. I'm right or die for her though. You know, when, when things happen with her, I was right there taking care of her, making sure that the kids was taken care of, you know, making sure that the family unit stayed together. You know, when I burned my hands, you remember that when I had them, when yeah. I, I got the third degree burns on my hands and I spent four days in the burn ICU, she was right there helping me wipe my ass because I couldn't even wipe my own ass because my hands were all wrapped up and shit. You know what I'm saying? Like that's a ride or die. That's somebody that is, is going to be there for you. And, and I match that same energy to her. You know, if, if, if the roles were reversed, I wouldn't even think twice about being there for her and doing the same type of shit for her, you know? And so that's why if, if you hear somebody say like, man, I was a ride or die for that guy. That's, that's being loyal to a fault. That's being loyal. See, to a I, I think a lot of women confuse what a ride or die is because I'm going to tell you right now, I'm only riding so long. If you keep hitting the same block too many times, let me out. Yep. I got to yep. get out of the car. Yep. And that's why it's, it's, you got to have them boundaries. It's, you got to have those boundaries. And, and it's funny too. Number five on that list, number five on that list, no boundaries, Betty. Like I said, those are the type of people that they look. Yeah. So no boundaries, Betty. It's, it's funny that I'm, I'm looking at this list here and it's like, these, these are a lot of the things that, you know, I, I was, I was talking to. Yeah. Somebody who's, who's exceptionally attractive, you know, um it, that's an ego boost for a, a narcissist people that are insecure for, with themselves you know people that aren't aren't really sure you know those are easy praise because because you're not gonna you're not gonna question the narcissist you know it's easier for them to walk over you during the devaluing stage um successful people you know if a narcissist you know can say yo look i you know i got with this which it, it cracks me up because like you'll you'll hear guys like joke around sometimes and and even i i tend to do this to be like man you know why didn't i marry a brain surgeon right you'll right. always hear somebody say that yeah and and what it is is because it's like it's a certain class status right so they they can they look at that like all right this 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 girl's got money you know i can i can chill i can sit at the crib all day smoke weed play video games she out <laughs> working doing what she's supposed to be doing and i'm just sitting here chilling smoking weed, playing video games. I'm probably talking to her friends on the side or somebody else, you know what I'm saying? And so that's, it's, it's a, it's a very hard thing to look at. And it's a very hard thing to navigate sometimes. And, and that's why even for all the women that are listening to this research, reading is your friend when it comes to this. Like I said, Cora, there is a lot of narcissistic abuse survivor groups out there. There are a lot of people, men and women, who have been through the exact same thing that I'm talking about right now. There's people that are currently going through it right now. There's people that are probably listening to this that are probably like, damn, I'm in a, uh, I am trauma bonded to somebody and I'm stuck in a narcissistic relationship with somebody. And, and, and like I said, it, it hurts to look at it. It can be emotional to look at. It can physically be painful to look at, but it, if you want to have your best quality of life, research it, look at it, identify it, you know, and, and things will improve. I, it took me years to realize how much better of a position that I'm in now without my ex. Like when, when, when she left and she took the kids, 
like my whole world ended, you know, I thought that was it. You know, I started acting crazy. Like I said, looking, looking through the social media, seeing what they're doing, looking at their Snapchat, looking at their Instagram and, and it, it's not, it's not healthy. It's not a healthy thing to do. You know, that's why you got to block them. you got to go no contact. And, 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 and really one of the things that I really realized is I was an extremely stable person before I got with her and I slowly lost that stability over the years of gaslighting and lying and, you know, negative reinforcement that I went through with her over those years, I lost a lot of, you'll lose yourself in that relationship. And it took me almost four years to get it back. You know, it was hard, but I, I look at myself now, you know, I'm stable again. You know, I, I have to pay almost $1,200 a month in child support. It's paid every month. You know, I was able to buy a house with my fiance. We live in a nice neighborhood. You know, I was able to still get all those things for myself that I never would have thought I would have ever have had right out of that relationship with my ex. And, and I realized too, how much you start to question your reality around you when you're dealing with narcissists, you know, because of the gaslighting, the way they lie to you, even when, like I use that example with the glass of milk, you know, it's like, you're looking right at it and they will make you question if you really even actually saw it. And I'm thinking you crazy. So basically, <laughs> just to wrap it all up and sum it all up, like yeah. if you're dealing with a narcissist, be aware of the telltale signs. If they're moving too fast, um, trying to jump into it, um, but the only way to heal and overcome it is run off no contact. Yep. Yep. No contact. And and for the women out there who have kids with narcissists research the gray rock method it is a proven method on how to deal with narcissists when you have to have interactions with them if you ain't got kids with a narcissist and and you have a narcissistic ex that tries to occasionally come back in your life or try to hoover back hoover you back up no contact with them you ain't got no reason to have to talk to them don't contact them block them on everything don't don't ever look back but in those situations where that can't always be the case for the women out there that got kids with narcissists, research the gray rock method. When you do that gray rock method with your narcissist long enough, they will drop the hoovering. They'll drop trying to, to get you back. The, they'll drop the positive and negative reinforcement. They'll drop trying to elicit an emotion or a reaction out of you. Because like I said, to a narcissist, even a negative reaction is still a positive supply mm -hmm. for them. Mm -hmm. So read for the women out there, please research the gray rock method. It, it works. It's something that I myself personally am working on and dealing with my narcissistic ex and it helps. And I really like your story, how you dealt with the narcissist and you overcame it. Like you're, you're engaged now. You live in a nice house in a nice neighborhood. So that gives them hope. So even mm -hmm. though that man or woman, you know, we're in 2021, about to be 2022 that person could have destroyed them and that they don't have to stay down in that area. There's, yeah, there's, a, hopeless, yeah, there's a light at the end of the tunnel. Yep. hundred mm -hmm. percent. And, and, and what it takes is, is it takes identifying it and, and building a solid foundation and a solid relationship with somebody that, you know, 
you can you can lift each other up that's something that i feel like a lot of people that get stuck in narcissistic relationships is they they don't realize that that's it's not healthy especially when you've been in it for any length of time you know like me i you know i, I was in it for almost 10 years i had lost sight of of what was healthy you know what i'm saying i'm in a healthy relationship now i realize that my significant other and i were were together to build each other up and build a build a foundation for the rest of our lives and and that's what you know any any healthy relationship should be <laughs> mm -hmm. yeah toxicity is not good and i feel like people need to get away from that and stop thinking oh he's toxic i like me a little toxic man no no, no. i and and you'll hear men say it too be like damn that girl crazy you know that sex is gonna be good nah bro it ain't worth it <laughs> <laughs> don't do it <laughs> well brock i know um you know, it's kind of hard giving out your own personal experience, but I'm glad you came out here and talked about it. Yeah, I appreciate it's it. It's very different hearing it from a male perspective. So I think the people who are listening will appreciate that. Right. Yeah, for sure. I'm, I'm, I'm glad you guys had me on. Um, and anytime you want me to drop some knowledge on it, I'm, I'll definitely be back. If, if any, anybody that's listening to it, any women that are going through it or any men that are going through it right now that have questions and, and you want them questions asked, I'd be more than happy to, you know, come back and answer it. Um, I, I feel like it when, when dealing with this type of a situation, personal experience is best. There's not a whole lot of like, studies on this type of stuff out there really all it is is just what other people have experienced and mm -hmm. as you start to get people together and they start to share their stories about their experience that's when you start to see those patterns emerge with narcissists and what they go through so i i do appreciate you guys having me on here and i you know i'm, I'm more than happy to share my personal experience if it could just help even one person out there not have to go through what i went through it's it's worth it thank you so much well we thank you i want you to enjoy the rest of your night because yep that, that didn't mean a lot. And I feel like it hit a lot of spots and some women are going to be listening to it like, God damn, that nigga ain't shit. Hell yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you said block? <laughs> cool. Well, I, again, I do appreciate it. Thanks for having me on. Anytime you guys want me back, just hit me up and I'll uh, be more than happy. All right. Well, we'll talk to you soon. <clears throat> yep. Yep. Thank right, you. Bye -bye. So what are your thoughts on everything you just said? That was a lot of information, a lot of useful information. Yeah, all of it was useful. My thoughts are that I need to um, watch myself, I guess, because I feel like I've been in not all those situations or not, you know, every person I've been with hasn't been a narcissist, a narcissist, but um, the characteristics and traits of the person who draws a narcissist mm -hmm. is, I'm like, dang, that's me. But I don't think I need to change anything, just be more mindful of, uh, you know, what I show of myself or whatever and, and pay attention to people and like their ways and watch all those signs. Those are some good signs. I didn't think about, I didn't know love bombing was like a, a narcissistic trait. Yeah. What if you just love me? I, I think when it's just the love too fast and that, that scares me. But I, you can't, you, so you can't put a time limit on like when you can fall in love with somebody. No, I mean, it can happen fast, but it has to be like genuine. You, I, I feel like you have, like he said, go with your gut. You have to follow your gut. Like if you feel like- oh, My gut be taking me wrong sometimes. So, <laughs> I don't know. Like your gut knows like, oh, this is a genuine person. They really care about my well-being, physical, mental, spiritual, all that, then- I guess there's really not a limit on it. Cause you know, some people meet in like two weeks and get married. Yeah. 
but it was just that vibe. Yeah, I guess. I still think that, it, you, I don't know, like sometimes I feel like you have to like cater, um, not all the traits or whatever, but to each individual person. Mm. So, but it was good still. I liked it. I enjoyed it. Yeah. And so in turn into the new year, I'm going to make sure I don't do all of that shit. So I don't be in those situations. <laughs> I'm going to, um, yeah, just switch some stuff around or whatever. And I don't have any new year's resolutions per se, but I am going to start um, like being more about myself. I'm going to start putting myself first in a lot of different, not a lot of situations, but you know, like my kids will always be taken care of. So that's not even a question, but like with friends, family, significant others, like, nah, if, if it's gonna put me in a bad space or it's gonna cause, you know, cause me some shit, then I'm not doing it. And um, I'm gonna stop downplaying myself and my accomplishments and stuff that I do that's good or whatever. Um, what else? That's what. That's it. Be your own hype man. Yeah, and you know I have a hard time like, not yeah 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 I do. Um, I think the biggest thing I want to work on for real, besides like self love and most of the things you mentioned, is budgeting. I have a terrible budget. A terrible budget or. Terrible time budgeting. Terrible time budgeting. I don't yeah. even know how to spell budget because I don't oh, believe in it. <laughs> uh, but <laughs> it's done me no good not doing that. So budgeting my money better and managing my money better. Yeah, that's it. Because you can always make money, but if you don't manage it well, then what's the purpose? You ain't going to have it. You ain't right. going to be able to um, enjoy it or nothing. But yeah, I think that's good. We'll be all right. Yeah, but um, this year's over. This is our second, our our second and last episode of the year, and next year we're gonna come back better than ever. <laughs> tip toppy. Tip, oh yeah, yeah. Tip tip of the toppest. <laughs> but um, so when you listen to this um episode, right, there are a few things that I want to point out. Number one. The audio for me and Mona is on a tad um, shitty side, just a little bit, uh, or a lot actually. But he had an HD. Yeah, he he had like this whole setup, like he was hella prepared, and we was we was prepared, but not like prepared prepared. But into the new year, we're going to be more prepared, and um, our audio will be better than this one. You know, when we're asking him questions and stuff, it, we're not underwater, so don't be afraid. It may sound like we are being muffled, but no one is hurting us. Just, <laughs> just you know, bear with us. And uh, yeah, I think that's it for me. Yeah. That's it for you. Yeah, that's it. Okay, well, um, thank you everyone for listening. And thank you for everything that you do and everything you will do. Okay. I, <laughs> I hope you have a great night a great morning, a great day, and a great life. And I'll see you in 2022. (laughs) Okay. Yeah.